Dear Mr. Schrader, Dear Darkness Dave, Hey Dave, Mr. Schrader, please help me. I believe I'm cursed. I believe I've got a generational curse. I believe something dark is happening to my family, and I need answers. I get emails like this all the time. It breaks my heart because in some instances, I would tend to believe in aspects of curses and hexes and evil eyes, but in my world, I try not to allow that negativity in and wonder what it takes to make somebody feel that their life is out of their control, enough to the point that they're reaching out for help. Now, when my son was born over 35 years ago, his Italian grandmother quickly affixed a piece of red yarn to his little onesie. And she looked back at me and she said, you don't let that come off. That'll protect him from the evil eye. An Italian background, Italian upbringing. I, I remember looking at my son's mother and shrugging and raising an arched eyebrow. And when she left the room, Vicky told me, it's a tradition. The evil eye is a real thing, Dave. And that stuck with me. 35 years that people, even in today's society, could believe that just by the way we look at something, we could alter its destiny. There are many of you out there that have been seeking answers, looking for help. Tonight, we hope to bring that to you. We've got two guests popping on this evening. In the first part of the show, Antonio Pagliarulo will join us to talk about the evil eye. And a little later on in the show, Danielle Borgia, curses and hexes. What's real, what's not, and what can we do to get control back in our lives? That's tonight on the very best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, your host, and this is the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Good evening, my little darklings, and I'm going to be upfront with you this evening. Perhaps it's a curse put on me, but uh, in preparation for today's show, I have come down with one of the worst skull-banging migraines that I have had in a very long time. But I'm here. I'm going to get these answers. Nothing's deterring me from that goal tonight. My guests are able to be here. I will be here. We will spend this hour together getting answers. I do want to remind you very quickly that we've got two special shows coming up this week. On Tuesday, we will be talking about The Conjuring, the Warrens' first real case. My special guest, Lorraine Warren. An interview I did with her back in 2006 where we dig deep into her life and Ed's life and we discuss the very first case that they worked on. Then, on Wednesday, we're going to do one more follow-up show. Also an interview from 2006... I was the first person she agreed to be interviewed by after the passing of her husband, Ed Warren. Lorraine joins me to talk about their past, and we will be conjuring phantoms of the past, talking about some of the different legendary investigations that they visited, from the Borley Rectory to the Enfield Poltergeist and beyond. 
and Lorraine Warren confronting the spirit of famed paranormal investigator Harry Price. This Wednesday will be the fourth anniversary of the passing of Lorraine Warren, and we'll be here to celebrate her life over the next two nights. I hope that you'll join me for these special throwback episodes. Now, thinking about this case and and the idea of an evil eye, I thought, what kind of crazy backwards country folk am I dealing with here that actually believe in the evil eyes? It really just old school Italians that this strikes. And I was really surprised in doing some very basic research that the belief in the evil eye dates back almost 3000 years to ancient Greece and Rome. It's one of the strongest symbolic images in the world. And the evil eye has symbolisms in almost every country in the world and in every religion. There's Judaism, Islam, Hindu, Buddhism, and Christianity. So I know that then that means there's much more to this. And maybe it's something we need to lean into, to listen to, and educate ourselves with. And tonight we have a guest who's coming on. He's written a brand new book called The Evil Eye, The History, Mystery, and Magic of the Quiet Curse. Our guest for this first half of the show, Antonio Pagliarulo. Antonio, thank you for being here with us this evening. We've got a little bit of a delay I can see on here. Thank you, Antonio. Dave. It's my pleasure. Can... Good. All right. Uh, the, the evil eye. Give us some of the background and history on this strange silent curse and how far back yes, are there actual notations to this? So scholars, some scholars will tell you that the evil eye goes back to Mesopotamia, uh, then where eye idols were, little dolls were uh, at Telbrock were excavated. And some will tell you that it goes back to, well, we know it goes back to ancient Egypt. We know we you know, have the eye symbolism, um, the eye of Horus that was put on boats, on coffins. Pharaohs you know, would go in for the, for the afterlife it was put on. So it's, it's been a symbol. Um, the eye has been a symbol for a very, very long time. And the belief in the evil eye, uh, which is a bit different than the symbol, goes back you know, just as far because we're dealing with something that is very, very much a human emotion. That's really what the evil eye stems from. So, you know, it, it goes back extremely far. Some will tell you ancient Egypt, some will tell you it goes further back. But, you know, I personally believe it goes very, very far back. So it was no surprise to you to hear that my uh, my son's Italian grandmother would be pinning a piece of red yarn to his pajamas quickly after birth to protect him and ward off evil and the evil eye. Oh, no surprise at all. No surprise at all. I am the child of Italian immigrants. Um, I grew up in a home, you know, where this was very commonplace. Uh, downstairs, my grandparents lived, you know, growing up and my, my grandmother would often, um, I mean, basically every day someone called her to, you know, detect and, and remove the evil eye. And these are old rituals. Uh, the the, the ribbon, the string you talked about for the crib, some people do it uh, in Italian culture, some do it right before a baptism. It's pinned on to uh, you know a little onesie or an outfit. Sometimes it's after. It depends on the region in Italy, but it's absolutely very, very common to have what you described uh, and also in, in, in other cultures. I mean, the string is in many cultures and especially for babies, children, it, it, it really, really goes through every facet of life and every age. All right. Well, I, I, 
I've got to understand the curse itself, I guess, before mm-hmm. we can get into what are some of these remedies and, and how do you go from something like an evil eye to, you know, it would ward that off a piece of red lint on your outfit. That'll <laughs> get rid of it. Cause to, again, common sense logic sounds like this is insanity that this is going on. And I'm not scoffing at these belief systems, but as a generality, that's how people kind of um, absorb this information. So what is the concept behind the evil eye, what it means and how it can affect all of us? So the concept behind the evil eye is that the evil eye itself is is a curse. It's a negative force, and it is generally cast through a look, a glance. That old saying, one look is all it takes, is very true about Mm -hmm. the evil eye. The -hmm. reason why it is so powerful is because the the evil eye, the energy, is born from envy, from jealousy, from resentment, from anger, from greed, from from very, you know, not, not so nice emotions. And that's where the curse comes about. Now, most of the time i believe this is done intentionally there are cases and there are many many people who believe it can be done unintentionally when it's done unintentionally this is when you see a lot of people will give a compliment and they'll say wow you know he baby's beautiful god bless him if it's not followed by a compliment you may be giving someone the evil eye okay some cultures people will give a compliment or if you receive a compliment you'll spit that's very common. Saliva, spittle is very common to ward away the evil eye. So following a compliment, just in case you're, you know, it, you know, it might not mean it, but it could still happen. That's, you know, the first is intentional. Uh, the second is unintentional. And the third way you can bring about the evil eye is through boasting. That's why, you know, you're often told growing up in a, in a family where this was very common, I was told all the time to stay quiet about things. You didn't really, you celebrated, don't get me wrong, we celebrated you know, good things and good fortune and happy times, but you didn't go out and boast about things because that meant that you could tempt fate and you could get the eye to look at you and you know, smite what, what you want to keep, all that good fortune or all that good luck. So it's really three different you know, ways that the eye can be unleashed. And it is a negative force. And once it is unleashed in your life, there's really a host of symptoms and signs uh, and ways that it can affect your life. It's not only physical symptoms or physical signs, but it can affect your home. It can affect, you know, objects, your car, your finances, your career, your love life. And in the book, I go through that. I give a whole, you know, a really long list of, of symptoms and signs and how you can understand what the eye is and, and how it's operating in your life. It, you know, it's strange, right, Antonio? Because I would think, right, you, we've all, ah, GD this and damn you and damn that. And, you know, to me, that seems like a, a momentary burst of anger and frustration. Of course, not meant to damn anything, really, just kind of a pissed at that moment. Um, but the concept of a who among us has not shot the dirty glare at somebody because okay. they're being loud, they're obnoxious, they're rude, they're they're uh, boastful, or perhaps we just know that they're full of crap. So we're we're shooting that dirty glance at them. I feel guilty because if I'm really just kind of loading onto their shoulders more negativity, I feel bad that this is a legitimate curse that I'm giving to somebody, but how do, first of all, how do we stop ourselves from perpetrating that? Because 
again, we live in a cynical world, my friend, right? Where very, very many things irritate us and we have shorter wicks now than it seems we've ever had in our lives. And if it's just going to be a stink eye that's going to send people's lives spiraling out of control, Minnesota drivers are in a lot of trouble, Antonio. They are horrible, horrible drivers getting the stink <laughs> eye constantly from me, mainly. But how do hey, we, how do we US, stop so, that? Yeah. So the interesting thing, what you said is that, listen, we have all, in my opinion, we have all felt feelings of envy and jealousy, okay? And in my opinion, we have all felt the feeling of being the target of somebody's envy or jealousy or resentment. Mm -hmm. But we've been on sure. both, I think we've all been on both sides of that coin, okay? Mm -hmm. um, how do you prevent yourself from unintentionally giving someone the eye? It all starts with awareness with becoming aware of what the evil eye is, what the force is, and the fact that it exists. Whether or not, you know, a lot of people will look, oh, you know, it's superstitious, it's crazy. There's a reason why this very, very ancient superstition has survived for so long. And it's because it is, you know, in us. It, it is comes from emotions that are universal. We all know what it's about. So you become aware of it. You recognize this is what's called the evil eye. It's a force. It's an energy. What do we know about energy? It doesn't die. It can only change form. You know, it doesn't go away. It changes form. But that's what the evil eye is. So when you become aware of it, you can stop yourself from, you know, unleashing it in that way. If you become, most people don't even know that they're doing it. A lot of times people would say, I would never do that to someone. What do you mean? So, no, you gave him the evil eye. No, I would never do that. I, you know, I love her. I love him. That's my, you know, I would never do that but perhaps you did. It comes from not being aware of it and not understanding that the emotion you're holding within you is energy. And that energy is emitted or transmitted through the eyes and through that exchange. And you can see this also when people talk about it and they sort of, you know, want to throw it to the side and not, I, I often tell people um, the sense of being stared at which is a very real thing. If you think about it, okay, how many times have you experienced, I know I've experienced it many times, I've interviewed many, many people who experienced it. You go into a room, you see somebody, maybe it's a person you had a bit of bad blood with, maybe it's somebody you just didn't want to see, whatever it is. So, you know, you kind of get behind the the wall there and you stare and you stare and you think you're in a good place and, you know, they're not going to see me and they're not going to, all of a sudden they turn around and they catch you because they felt the sense of being stared at. How many times have you turned around and said, why is that person staring at me? Because you felt it. You felt an energy to it. Um, so becoming aware of it is the first necessary point. Once you're aware of it, you can begin to say, wait a minute, you know, what am I feeling right now? What emotion am I feeling right now? This is real anger I'm feeling for this person. This is resentment. This is jealousy. And I don't want to give some sort of negative energy or just I don't want to unleash that kind of curse or that kind of negative energy on someone. So it's awareness. It starts with awareness. All right. Well, let me let me go with this then. Hmm. Um, and I, I wanted a, a shorter answer on this for a second so hmm. that I can expound upon it. But so does it work if you didn't see me shoot you the dirty eye, the stink eye, the evil eye? does it still have the same effect and impact on the life of the person that it was given to? Yes. 
If I didn't see okay. you, yes, you can. Yes, you can cast evil eye without being seen, without it being seen okay. or without witnessing it. Certainly. The reason I ask is, and this will be a trigger statement for some people, but let's just grab it. We live in a victim-filled society right now, where the term narcissist and psychopath and sociopath are thrown around like frisbees, right? Everybody's everybody's out to screw everybody. At least that's how it seems, and we've lost the true ability of communication because we're, we're so busy texting away on here that people um, are, are misinterpreting typewritten words and say, why did you write it like that? And I'm like, okay, now do me a favor, take a deep breath, think of happy, loving thoughts of me and then read it. And then they're, they're like, oh, okay. And I said, do you still feel like I'm being a dick? And they're like, well, no. Okay. So maybe don't come in at it thinking I'm a dick. Let's just go with the fact that this is somebody that cares about me and is reaching out to me and let's not go to the negativity. But like right now, obviously I have a furrowed brow. I'm intensely looking at the screen and at you because I've got a horrible migraine. Mm -hmm. But if you're across the room, you could be looking at me like, holy crap, look at the stink eye Schrader's given to me. Can that impact and affect you, even though that's not the intent being transmitted? If that's what you are taking and transmuting into yourself, I, I would seem to think that might have as, as much power because you're creating that weakness for yourself. It can this goes back to the idea too of what kind of shield, what kind of protection are you doing for yourself? What kind of shield are you? creating what are your thoughts creating this mm -hmm. is where we get into the idea of um what rituals are you doing what amulets and what kind of protections are you doing for yourself and where what are you taking in and what you said if you have that belief it can it, it can get to that place but you have to be aware of what it is that you're feeling and what it is that you're seeing or what it is that you're not seeing but feeling that's also something that's very important Sometimes you can feel something because, again, we're dealing with energy. So, okay, you, you know, it, it it gives me another really weird moment to pause because I've been working on myself and working on things, and I've I've mm. been talking and I've done a couple of uh, uh, talks at live events about time travel therapy, finding ways to give yourself love in the past when you felt the most broken and alone, to mm. conceive of a moment when you felt the most alone and. and focus on those moments and go back be present there with yourself give yourself a hug feel that love be okay with it promise that version of you it's going to be okay you're you've made it through and give that love and i've had people come up to me and tell me they've profoundly changed after doing that that they feel that and now i sit there and i think a couple times a year antonio on facebook up pops my memory of me with a full head of hair a slim face all brown in my goatee and i think that son of a bitch. He doesn't know what he has. God, look at him. What a dick. Oh, why aren't you enjoying that hair? Oh, yeah. Am I sending negativity to myself through time and space? If time means nothing in the real world, are we affecting ourselves even in the past by, by exuding that kind of energy towards who we once were? I think you can exude that kind of energy toward who you once were, but that's a separate thing than the energy of the evil eye. If you're talking about yourself and you're dealing with your own sort of resentment about the past or about what you took for granted or what you didn't appreciate, um, it, it can bring about certain things in your life, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it can bring certain conditions upon yourself, but that's a different sort of energy than, than the evil eye. 
when you're doing it with when, when you're looking at yourself and and what you just described you know like that you know I, I really resent the fact that i didn't appreciate it and you know that was then this is now why didn't i do this it's a different sort of, of thing than than what the evil eye is okay all right now Again, we, we live in a world where people are angry all the time. Everybody's looking for reasons to be offended, which means that what you just said pissed me off and I'm giving you a dirty look. Mm-hmm. How do I start protecting myself from all of the anger and hurt that are being projected onto me from others? Uh, you know, obviously I've got a good heart. I'm not willingly trying to piss you off. Um, but, but everybody's so broken nowadays. And I know it sounds like a blanket statement. And I know there are many of you that are absolutely fine. And I hate you jerks. You guys suck because the rest of us are broken. I joke. (laughs) But the point is, right, we, we, we build up these angers and animosities. What can we legitimately do to start to deflect those things, especially if we're not religious based and praying to God for protection is not our thing. It is for me. I'm before I get the people going, I knew you turned against Christianity. Uh, But what do you, what, what do we start to do for people that need to feel grounded, protected, especially from something as easy as a dirty look? The first thing, if you're someone who does not, well, I'll go to, if you're first, if you don't want to go the route of prayer, of whatever faith or spirituality mm-hmm. suits you or that you practice, if you don't want to do something like that, you can begin simply by doing a meditation, a very simple meditation. A lot of people will say, oh, wait, I don't meditate. You don't have to go into a deep meditative state to understand. And again, bring yourself into the awareness that energy is around us at all times. We are all dealing with energy every moment. Right now, this is energy right here. You know, our body, as they say, we extend our hands. You know, the auric field doesn't, you know, it doesn't end where our fingertips end. There's energy beyond that. If you want to take five minutes to protect yourself and say, you know, and and do some simple affirmations and say, you know what, I'm protected, I'm safe. You can write affirmations out yourself. You can envision things. You can use visualization to draw a shield around yourself. Those are very common practices and they are effective. The more you do them, the stronger it becomes. Um, For people who prefer looking at things from the more spiritual perspective or, or grounded in their own religions, I go a lot of, into this in the book. There are numerous, numerous practices, numerous prayers, uh, and numerous practices where you can learn how to, first of all, detect the evil eye in your life, but you can ward it away. The first, I often tell people, amulets are very pa- powerful. I mean, I can, I, I wear many more amulets than, than than most people. Right there, you see the Nazar, probably the most popular amulet you have there. All over Greece, all over Turkey, you can see it, and yeah, you know, it's and it looks like an eye. You know, you have the iris, you have the sclera, you have the pupil, you have everything there. Then you have the hamsa. You have different types of amulets, so so many um, saint medals and Catholicism. Saint medals are very big. Um, every every religion, every faith has some sort of protective amulet, and forming some sort of a kind of an energetic bond with your your amulet. You know, it's it's the same reason people wear jewelry. You know, if someone says, oh yeah, I have on a locket, uh, you know, it's a picture of my grandfather, it's a picture of this. You have a relationship to that. And there's a reason why you wear it because it, it makes you feel good or it makes you feel safe. People want to have some sort of control or agency over what is going on. Everything is so out of control and there is so little that is within our control. So when you can take this something these practices like using amulets okay 
choose an amulet and think about it. In Italian, you, you mentioned one of the strings. There's also, you know, many people are familiar with the, uh, what they say looks like a red pepper. It's actually, you know, a horn um, or, or the horns that you see that, you know, the monocornuta here. These are all specific things. Amulets help. They create actual protection. You don't have to do a great deal in terms of like, you know, blessing them. You don't have, you don't, no one else has to bless your amulet. You can bless your own amulet. Um, you can do that. Then there are practices that deal with simple herbs. I, I just said to someone who does not want to do anything religious, okay? I said, listen, you can take two or three bay leaves with you. This is an absolute practice. It's done in several parts. I write about it in the book. You can take two bay leaves with you. You're going out, go out, keep two bay leaves in your pocket. You, you feel sick, you, feel, you come back, you think you're feeling like your energy is drained or something didn't go right. You take bay leaves, you can burn those bay leaves. You've gotten rid of a lot of bad energy right there. The same is true of a sprig of rue or a sprig of rosemary. So there are many herbal remedies that have nothing to do with religion or spirituality. Um, so, so many different practices where you can begin the process of learning how to deflect that energy. And had, once you had, have it here, you have it in your mind. We had a quick question from Crystal. Uh, yeah. You know, I popped up the image here, and, and she brought up an interesting point that, you know, they always seem to be blue, the protective amulet. Mm -hmm. um, I've also seen some that have different colors, violets, reds, greens, uh, kind of depending on what your intention is, uh, what you're trying to do and use utilize that amulet for. Um, is there any reason why blue is the most popular? Well, blue, it seems there are a few, there, there are scholars have said that blue is the color of water. Water is a cleanser. You know, we cleanse in water. Uh, the sky we think of as blue. There are a lot of different reasons for why blue could be that color, but mm -hmm. it's not oh, the, what you, the Nazar that you see, the beads are not only blue. And in the book, I go into different color beads and what each color represents in terms of how pink or red might mean protection for your love life or for your own self-esteem green might relate to prosperity gold might or yellow might relate to um you know a business prospect there are different meanings to the colors so they have different intentions it doesn't always have to be blue now you said that if you don't want the amulets you could do the or you don't want to take them in to be cleansed or bless them or you can do that if yes. that's the case then why can't i just bless dave why can't i just do my blessing over me and not wear amulets not maybe portray it outwardly because there are some people that are afraid to wear the different things for judgment which would cast more aspersions and dirty looks and weirdness to them uh, how, how do you, you know, resolve that? Cause it, again, it seems like it's the intent of the receiver and the intent of the transmitter. And if I'm blocking and I believe myself to be protected from these things and I say my prayers or I do my, you know, bath in, in, uh, uh Epsom salts to kind of mm -hmm. clear and cleanse my deal. Um, you know, is that enough? And then I also want to wrap up. I know we don't have a whole lot of time left here. What about for the ones that can't speak for themselves? Children, you know, they're getting the dirty looks and the the parents that are envious or other children that are envious. How, how do we go about protecting them so they understand it? And our kid doesn't look weird walking in the you know the the playground with a giant seeing eye amulet on them or something. Right. Well. The first thing to answer your first question, if you don't want to wear an amulet and you're doing something like Epsom salts or, or something simple like that, the question is how often are you doing it? And are you doing it with 
intention and are you doing it frequently? Is it something you're doing, you know, once every month when you think, oh, let me do this to get the negative energy off of me, or are you making it a regular practice? If you're doing something that's a regular practice, it's going to have more of an effect. If you're someone who does not want to wear an amulet for, as you said, so there are certain religions, you know, that say, you know, you don't, you shouldn't wear this, you shouldn't do that. Um, don't forget in a lot of, you know, I was raised Catholic myself in a lot of, we all wore crosses. We all were, that's very much a protective amulet if you feel comfortable with that. Um, again, it goes back to the consistency. If you don't want to wear an amulet and you want to do certain practices, do them consistently. Don't just do it every other week. Make it a part of your life. That changes the energy around you and it changes the energy within you and it changes the energy that is going to be able to or not be able to uh, penetrate what you know your own energy field so that sort of cleansing creates its own energy around you if that makes sense it, if you do sure. it consistently that's fine with regard to children a very good question so you're right you don't want to and everyone wants to put big amulets on the kids there are simple ways that a parent or a guardian or anyone can help a child some of the oldest ways some of the most um effective ways um, mothers and fathers used to frequently you know dab their thumbs or lick their thumbs and point you know make a sign a mark on their child's forehead here either a cross or just a circle or just literally dabbing it that was a protective a hugely protective gesture it still is in many many cultures it doesn't have to be anything that anyone sees you could do it before you leave the house simply doing um some salt and water same thing salt water you can dab it here you can dab a child's wrist you can also dab a child's clothing you can again you can go back to the small uh, hidden string that is often I, I write about that in the book as well that's often worn it's not seen also a very common practice in certain cultures is you know you're going out your child has a toy many children you know like to hold you know a stuffed animal or a particular toy don't it might sound crazy to some people but it's it's really not don't neglect the object that your that child is holding okay do something you know put salt on on that object put some sort of water on it you can also put salt or a protective stone um in a child's pocket or in your pocket if you're holding the child there are so so many ways to protect children i go through those warding techniques in the book and you absolutely do always want to remember children because children and actually actually expectant mothers are believed to be particularly particularly vulnerable to the evil eye the book is out and available we have a link for it on today's program guide here on youtube and for those of you listening however you're listening just go check the uh, the description in today's guide for more information the evil eye the history mystery and magic of the quiet curse antonio pagliarulo is our guest and uh antonio i know we have only scratched the surface but that's good i want people to read this book and educate inform and enlighten themselves more deeply to this cause um but as as we part ways today when people have this sense that they're sending negativity to others or you're deflecting it is there in your opinion with the with the evil eye if i send that information or that energy back does it have a negative effect on the sender as well you mean if you're if you're looking to cast the evil eye 
No, uh, you're shooting me the evil eye. I've got my hidden threat on. Is it bouncing back to you? I know that in, in many different oh. religions and belief systems mm -hmm. that whatever you send out to somebody comes back to you and is revisited mm -hmm. tenfold, a thousandfold, whatever. If, if people are shooting those dirty looks and doing those things, are they going to feel reverberations in the space-time continuum from having that kind of negativity being sent out all the time? So not necessarily, no, you're not necessarily sending it back. What's more important to look at is if you do wear an amulet or if you do hang it up in your home or if you put it in your car, you put it on your desk, whether it's on your neck, look at your amulet. If it cracks, if it breaks, if something about it is different, you'll know it, it took the hit. It took the energy. And that is where the eye was deflected. So it took the hit. Doesn't mean the energy bounced back to someone else. Although... In the book, I, I do get into different ways of, of how to go about sending uh, the evil eye back, if that's what you wish to do. But look at the amulet or look at what's going on around you first and what might have taken the hit. You are not necessarily, if you wear an amulet, sending it back to someone. No. All right. Antonio, thank you for coming on and spending some time with us this evening to enlighten us. I, I appreciate the education. Oh, my pleasure, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have you back again soon. I hope that's starting to give you more of a sense of security, folks, uh, empowerment, ways for you to do things to protect yourself. Uh, that's paramount to me. I, I believe that we do have to be positive in the way that we deal with things and, and not allow ourselves to feel like victims all the time. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Danielle Borgia will join us. We'll talk about curses and hexes and black magic and all of the strangeness that people claim are being thrown at them are they and are they really feeling it how do we differentiate between just being in the wrong place at the wrong time as opposed to a hex or something much more malevolent we'll talk about that right after this today's episode is brought to you by better help what's the first thing that you'd do if say you had an extra hour in your day would you go for a run maybe take a nap read a book or just show up for a friend a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. 
Haunted Magazine is a publication dedicated to all things paranormal and spooky. Each issue features articles, interviews, and stories about ghosts, hauntings, and other unexplained phenomena. The magazine also covers topics such as cryptozoology, UFOs, and other aspects of the supernatural. Expect to find in-depth investigations of haunted locations, first-hand accounts of ghostly encounters, and reports of paranormal events and attractions. The magazine also includes features on the latest ghost hunting technology and techniques, as well as tips for those looking to search the supernatural on their own. Issue 37, The Frights of Spring, will be in stores from March 6. So remember, don't be normal, be paranormal, and order your copy today. I can't believe it. It's spring. Although you couldn't tell in Minnesota because we got more stupid snow. Oh, yeah, snow. I'm shooting you the dirty evil eye right now. Go back where you belong, clouds. You're drunk. Listen, time is almost here for you to make a change in your life. And if you've been looking for a new home and a new start, you can start making that dream a reality. If you want to purchase a new home, but you're not sure where to start, or perhaps you're looking at the VA loan system and confused by it, and you need somebody to help, well, take that first step. Know your buying power. Contact Winnie Schrader. She's a loan officer. Her NMLS number 2322331. You can reach her at 763-203-9641. That's 763- 203-9641. She'll be with you every step of the way. Contact her and make the change because it's time that you have a place to call home and she wants to help you. Hello, my little darklings. Let me remind you that the Paranormal 60 Network just keeps getting bigger. Every Thursday, you can tune in. And if you're listening to the audio version, you'll hear the Paranormal Mind, a searcher's podcast. Shane Pittman, Ray Causey, and uh, Josh Purvis are your hosts as they explore the strange and unusual world around us. And starting next week, every Tuesday, you'll be able to hear New England Legends with my dear friend, Jeff Belanger. So we will have shows Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays, and I'll be peppering in some special episodes along the way. Coming up next, another delightful friend of mine, one that I lean on every time I have questions regarding the magical world around us to an understanding of what's going on. She is also one half of the team of hosts from Ghosts and Hoes podcast. They are funny, irreverent, and very intelligent. And if you tune into their podcast, you'll absolutely love it. We have a link up for our next guest on today's program guide as well, so that you can follow her, all of the social media pages, and find out where you can listen to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the program, Danielle Borgia. Hi, Danny. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, aside from a pounding, splitting migraine, everything right. else is wonderful. So, um, like. I wanted to talk to you and, you know, I, I asked you when I started the show off a year ago, I want to, you know, I want to give a uh, voice to a misunderstood faction of the world. And as a matter of fact, I crossed swords the other day on social media. Uh, and I think on one of my YouTube channels, as somebody began to lecture me about witchcraft and witches and don't ever confuse it, Dave, white, witch, black, witch, gray, witch, green, witch, they're all coming from hell. All of them are in league with Satan. Yeah. 
So I said, I think you might want to educate yourself a little bit more on what it really means. But, you know, here's the deal. I like to be an equal opportunity offender and give everybody a chance to share their concepts and thoughts and beliefs on this program. And I've known you for a long time. I don't know any demonic, demonic, uh, devilish ways other than after a few drinks, you're a hell of a dancer. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, I, I, I don't get it, you know, and and. I've been talking to you more and sending more and more people to you over the years for curses, people that feel laden with curses Mm -hmm. or that they feel somebody has hexed them. Mm -hmm. And I know you're, you're sensitive as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a way as a sensitive, you can truly look at at somebody in their auric field or their energy and go, Oh yeah, honey, you got some ick stuck to you from somebody. Yeah. So for something like that, it would definitely be more being in tune with the energy that they are projecting. I've had so many people say, I think I've been cursed. I think I've been hexed. It it goes beyond just having a bad day or bad things are happening. Or, I mean, to truly consider your health, if Mm -hmm. if all of a sudden, and it has to be all of a sudden, and it's got to be it, your health goes down. Uh, you start drinking alcohol more. You start using drugs, things that you never did before or you used to do before and you started doing again or a really, really bad string of bad luck. And I'm talking at least 10 days. Okay. Um, and some. How do you, you know, you say that and, and there's, you know, we have we have a lot of uh, friends across the board and I, I listen to some of them complain to me about the curse that they feel that they have on their lives and how it's affected their income, their uh, love life, their, their health. And, and when I try to speak logically to their heart of, well, you know, friend, this, the amount of stuff you put in your body could be impacting your health, which could be impacting your desires uh, for sexuality could be affecting your desires and an ability to go out and make money and do these things. You know, is it, is it a, is it a strain for you to be able to look at somebody and go really the only curse here is that you're not doing what you need to just to have a healthy life, that these curses are not from an outside source, but rather your own belief system that something bad is happening to you when you're living a destructive life force or life pattern. Right. And that is, I mean, it's, it's a blanket, it's a blanket term now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm cursed or somebody must've thrown something. First of all, anybody that's really going to say that though, is someone that definitely believes in these things, mm-hmm. number one. And it's definitely easier to say, oh, I think somebody threw a hex on me or a jinx or a curse, which are three totally different things mm-hmm. uh, than to actually take accountability for your own issues that you have going on. Um, I can tell the difference between. All right. Let me, let me mention that for our listeners that are not watching the screen. Donna says, Danny, how do you tell the difference between a curse and a karmic event? Well, so here's the thing, a curse and a, a karmic event is something that you have brought on yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. karma is something that you something you have done, you haven't done, something you have put out, where a curse is something that is laid upon you, but curses themselves can be generational. So to tell the difference between the two might take a little bit more digging and work. Um, 
you know, a jinx, and like I said, they're three totally different things. Jinxes are very minor inconveniences go away on their own. A hex is when you actually send intentionally a negative energy that's going to last for a while. You can set a time term limit on it when you cast it, or sometimes it'll just, it'll, it will just go away once that person has learned that lesson. Curses can be generational though. So that's a little, that there's more layers to that onion in terms of a karmic event or a curse, but you would have to know if your family has, you'd have to go way back to figure out if that could have been it. Right. Well, and I think we could all dig up some ugly skeletons in our family's past, right? Yeah. That that could lead us to believe that. Now, here's a weird little conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. So there are many of us, myself included, who sit back waiting for karma to kick somebody's ass. Because mm-hmm. you're like, boy, the amount of crap you've done to me and other people, this is... And I sit around waiting for it. Is that? Am I basically cursing them by waiting for karma to kick their ass? Is that a, a negative force that I'm also enforcing into the world? No, because you would ha- actually have to be sending it. A-, a curse or a hex, jinx, any of it is all very intentional. Okay. And it is direct, it's directed at one person by someone that sends it to you. So um, it goes a little bit more than the evil eye where it could just be a glance or, you know, an ill wish. Mm-hmm. It goes way beyond that. You have to have an actual practitioner. And unfortunately um, now we have social media, we have TikTok that has witch talk. And so many people have access now to things, which is not a gatekeeping statement in any way. Anybody mm-hmm. you want to practice witchcraft, do it, but you have to start it at the bottom. You don't just jump into the deep end. You don't just graduate high school and say, I'm a brain surgeon. I start tomorrow. You, have But Danny, to- I've watched every episode of Sabrina, the teenage witch. You right? are trying to tell me that between that and 18 seasons of charmed, I'm not ready to join the fray. Right. So, because when you decide to cast anything at anyone, you have to be prepared for it, A, to not work, or B, to come back on you. Um, and I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole threefold law. That's definitely more of a Wiccan practice, idea, law. Um, mm-hmm. But when you practice any sort of witchcraft, you have to understand what it is you're doing and the potential for it to go wrong. And so when, when, people out here have access to so many things. They're like, that guy broke up with me. I'm going to ruin his life. I'm going to make sure that he never loves anyone ever again. Sure. You can do that. You can try. Um, It might work. It might not work. And if it does work, it's because you have unintentionally called in something that you don't know how to control. And that causes a problem for everyone involved. If you don't know what you're doing. Um, and then, but I, but I do, I've read a bunch of books from Llewellyn and Schiffer and this, which, and I'm not putting those publishers down. I no, love the fact that they're giving people a chance to do it, but they, it, you know, it just seems like people jump into things really, really quickly. I, and I've, I've often told people, listen, I've watched years of Starsky and Hutch and, uh, you know, police sh- shows and movies that doesn't make me a cop. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've watched a lot of law and law and order shows. It doesn't mean that I can represent you in court. 
Mm-hmm. I probably could, but most <laughs> people couldn't. So right. you, you can't just assume that because you've read one book and, and like you said, let's start baby steps. Let's start creating magic, maybe from a positive place first, before you think of dabbling in negative thoughts and energies and spiking somebody with, with that, <laughs> learn the ground, the ground up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that has become a big source of contention in the witchcraft community. Um, you know, you have people who think that they need to gatekeep the practice. You have people who think that it, you know, it's, you you can't gatekeep witchcraft. And then there's those that say, you know, there's a threefold law, there's laws. It it just, witchcraft is, it is your craft and you Mm -hmm. have to find where you belong in it. Mm -hmm. You know, hexing curses, that's not for everyone because a lot of people believe in the threefold law that what you put out there can come back to you threefold. Um, there is a lot of responsibility when it comes to practicing that type of magic where you're comfortable throwing curses mm-hmm. or hexes. I would never, I would never have someone come to me and say, I need you to curse this person because there's, there's two sides to every story. And I'm not going to, no matter who you are, take your one side destroy someone's life or make something really bad happen to them for a while when they weren't deserving because then that's Mm -hmm. when karma would come back to me Mm -hmm. you have to um it's like what did peter parker's grandfather say with great responsibility or with great great responsibility Mm -hmm. same thing you have to you you can't just be out here throwing love spells and curses and hexes because you have to know every aspect of that situation from point A to point Z and then some. Um, start small with your witchcraft. But, in, you know, it's um, unfortunately social media has really fortunately, unfortunately, opened up witchcraft and the practice to so many, which is great. Start small. Read mm-hmm. books read books and start with little baby protective things for yourself before you start trying to mess with anybody else. It's like going right as a new church goer. If I decide, you know what? I I really like the look of that church at the end of the street. I don't go in and start baptizing people. Exactly. You've you've got to, you've got to understand the purpose and and work your way through this and understand and education and, and all of that. But, um, what's your take on the fact of this rise in people, victimization and believing that they're cursed and that hexes are thrown on them. I I've got to believe it's like the equation in, in ghost hunting, the amount of demonic hauntings are much, much smaller in scale to what, you know, we're dealing with most of the time. Is that the same with these curses and hexes? I mean, talking to Antonio, it's, I, I get the dirty look every day, at least five times a day walking around, yeah. you know, you get people shooting it to you, you shooting it to them, you know, just, just doing that. If, if we're that case, I mean, is it really, we're just all walking around with Marley's chains on us from, uh, you know, right. No, I think Christmas Carol intention is key. It's mm-hmm. intention, whether it's your, you're casting the evil eye on someone or you're practicing witchcraft. It's all based on intention. So, I mean, I give people dirty looks all the time. I'm not cursing them. I'm not hexing them. I'm not jinxing them. I'm not throwing anything at them because I'm not intending to. A dirty look is a dirty look because for whatever reason, they cut you off. They they were rude in a grocery store. But 
it, intention is key, I think, in all of it. Mm-hmm. You have to want to intentionally send that to someone. So I mean, right. I mean, there's there's a difference between looking at you for cutting me off and going, what a jerk, yes. and looking at you and thinking, I wish you would. Because right? if that was the case, I, we'd all be yeah. covered with everything. We'd all be mucked up with. with right. COVID. Yeah. And so. again, I, I'm, I'm, I I don't want to, I'm, I'm not trying to in any way dismiss what we talked about with our first guest. No. Neither is Danny. We're just saying that there are the, the different elements of intention being behind the actions to which you do. Um, yes. You know, you could just like, like I said, I'm sitting here looking very intense because I've got a horrible migraine that if you saw me at a bar, you'd think, what the hell is that guy's problem? He looks like he wants to tear my head off or, you know, he's giving me the stink eye and there's no, there's nothing behind it other than I'm hurting and, and that's about the extent of it. Um, but with, with curses and, and everything going on out there, are, are curses real to those people? Because they've kind of, there's nothing really that was sent to them. There's no curse generally generationally, but because they heap the logs of every problem they've had on their shoulders and hold it there saying, Oh, it's a curse. Oh, this is because of the curse. Does that curse become self-imposed? Yeah, well, it's self-prophesizing and self-imposed. And yes, they could. Um, but no matter what you would tell them, they're going to believe it anyway. So right. for them, it is a self. They are self-imposing and prophesizing because they're going to think that it's that curse no matter what. So now do I feel that they're creating a curse upon themselves? No, I just think that it it would be more about a lack of accountability. But in that case, that like that could open themselves up as we know through paranormal investigating to negative entities that want mm-hmm. to feed upon that misery and that darkness and that sadness and then that just opens up a whole other situation that um, has nothing to do with magic or witchcraft at all and you've kind of invited this issue unto yourself Right. And once you start vibrating at that lower level, because you're allowing yourself to be a victim to everything, mm-hmm. that's when those darker forces do start finding themselves attracted to you. Correct. Uh, yeah. And they literally will just feed off of it and they will feed off of you and mm-hmm. it, you will just spiral darker, lower, sadder because uh, you, you're their food source now. Right. So mm-hmm. they don't want you to get better. They don't want I, you to get better. I was in phone sales for 20 plus years of my life. And um, a couple of the companies I worked with had us put a mirror in front of ourselves so that we could see our reflection in the mirror so that you don't realize how you convey certain emotion. And they're like, look at your face as you're talking. Would you buy from somebody who looked at you like this? Imagine that person's in front of you and it's, hey, good morning, Danny. I'm glad I caught you at home. I hope I'm not bothering you. I just wanted to give you a quick call to let you know about these brand new unicorn coins that have just been released from the British Mint. Beautiful pieces, limited edition. And I, you know, so I would do that. I'd I'd try to keep a smile and keep my posture up so I wasn't slumped and looking like, you know, defeated Eeyore already. I was doing that. And one day I had a guy that I worked with, an Italian guy who comes over to me and he goes, picks picks the mirror up off my desk and lays it down and uh, takes a little compact out and sets it down in front of my phone pointing away from me. And I go, what are you doing? And he goes, dude, all that negativity your client's given to you for what the hell are you bothering me at work for today? What are you doing? He goes, put that mirror 
reflecting back. Let the negativity go back to them. Don't absorb it. When you've got that mirror up and you're doing it, you're just creating a, a loop. And I'm like, did you smoke during break time? Where, what? And, and he goes, just try it for a few days. And I tried it and man, I felt lighter. I felt better. And I'm like, Oh, is this a placebo effect? Uh, but I, I noticed that he wore a lot of mirrored jewelry that mm -hmm. he would wear when he was at work specifically. Mm -hmm. And he said he would take it off before he would go home to his children. Cause he didn't want any of the negativity put on them. Yep. And I, it was crazy to me. And I could hear him talk to people in lockdown sales that made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was like, are you burning an effigy somewhere to get these sales and doing this? It's like, no, I'm deflecting all their negative crap back at them and I'm not taking it on myself. So I'm always in a better mood and lighter. I was like, wow. So mirrors are, are do they really have that kind of power to help deflect negativity? Absolutely. And okay. Absolutely. Um, sit mirror jewelry. Uh, when I do a return to sender spell, when I know specifically like someone's got some bad juju that whether they're talking about, you know, it's gossip or they've done something and you just need to give them a little taste of their own medicine. What I'll do is I will take their photo face down on the mirror. The candle goes on top of that so that they specifically it's their face. They are getting what they gave. Okay. And then some. So is, but it, yeah, it, is it hard to break these curses and hexes when people do come your way? And uh, can, or is it something? Yeah, it, it can be. Um, and that is all based upon who sent it to you. Okay. You know, if, if you've got someone who does, you know, it, it's the power is in the sender. So mm -hmm. um, if if someone sent you something really, really bad, then, yes, it can be. Um, the best thing to do is start small. Decide, okay, if I like something really bad's going on in my life, this isn't going away. It's been almost a couple weeks, like something's wrong. Start small. Take a look at the area of your life that um, is being affected. Is it your health? Is it your finances? Is, is it your home life? Uh, start there uh, and always start small. Do a smoke cleanse. Cleanse your home. Cleanse yourself. Um, one of the best things you can do is take a tepid, not hot, a tepid bath put a bunch of salt in there, uh, some lime slices, the juice of some lime, put in some roux and just take a nice- Are you making me a mangarita? It's, it sounds like a margarita, <laughs> call it a margarita bath. I got it mm -hmm. from a very, the recipe from a very dear friend of mine. Um, and uh, yeah, start there. Start with you. See if that gets mm -hmm. you, uh, it gets the off of you. Um, Smoke cleansing, <laughs> smoke cleansing. I know where you were going, right? <laughs> you don't have to use, and the sage, you know, sage is one of those things that um, not, people are branching out from sage. You can use Palo Santo, you can use mugwort, you can use lavender and eucalyptus. You can make your own smudge wands with any type of cleansing herbs. Do a smoke cleanse on yourself. See how that works. Um, cleanse your space, your house. When you do smoke cleanses, open your windows. So everything goes out. Florida water is a really great, once you get the smoke cleansing done, spray the heck out of your house with some Florida water. Keep that up. See if that helps. And if it doesn't, then you need to start going with the, the bigger guns. You need to maybe do, um, Reiki actually helps. If you know a Reiki practitioner, see if they can get it off of you, which is, will help. Um, we, this would, is going to be really unpopular, what I'm about to say. Yeah. But I, I would like your take on it. 
Yeah. Some some of the Reiki practitioners I know are some of the weirdest, and I don't mean like just kooky. I mean like they've got some serious issues of their own. Yeah. And I often think, are they just absorbing all the negativity from all the clients that they help? Is that is is all of that that they're releasing from the client attaching to them? Because it really concerns me that some of the people I know in Reiki are some of the most unhealthy mentally, physically, and spiritual people I've ever seen in my life. Well, I would hope not because if that's the case, then they shouldn't be doing it. Because if you can't remove it from someone and not get it stuck to yourself, you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Okay. So, I mean, All right. yeah. And for, for well, good intentions, right? They say the right. road to hell is paved with good intentions. The concept of me doing this, you, you've taken some classes, but maybe you need to take a fulfillment class so that you know that there are other aspects of the asphalt you have to you yes. know, fill before you just say, oh, I'm a Reiki practitioner. Maybe you need to mm -hmm. really learn how to clear and ground right. and protect yourself before doing these things. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both, we've been in this world together for a long time mm -hmm. doing the paranormal. And we've seen some people in the light who are some of the most dark Right. And uh, deeply affected people I've ever met. Right. And I, I would think that um, if it got to a point where a practitioner is just so overrun by the things that they were moving, then they would need to take a step back and definitely go work on themselves for a while um, or maybe stop for a while. And you mm -hmm. would and, and I would hope that they would be aware that those things are on them. And if you're not, then that's just a whole other can of worms there. You know, because you're just collecting gook. I, I have something happen from time to time, and I wanted your opinion on this, as we're talking about breaking hexes, breaking curses. I'll get random emails from people that are just hate-filled, mm -hmm. angry. And sometimes what I do is I'll screen cap it and post it. Now, some people are thinking, oh, you're, you're putting this person on point. You want to dox them so that everybody attacks them. But what I try to do is say, you know, look at all the anger and rage in this message. Obviously, Danny needs some help and prayers because something is affecting her life. So yeah. help me in saying a prayer for our friend and, and send that energy. And mm -hmm. I will I will tell you this. Out of 99 times I've done that, I've probably heard from 95 of those people that write back to me that say, after they get all these prayers and outpouring of love, they get this, I'm really sorry. I don't even know why I did that. I I really don't have a problem with you. I just, it was a weird lashing out. And, and I, I've, started to realize, you know, I think there's some power in, I am putting you on point. You said this, you need to be held accountable for this, mm -hmm. but obviously it's coming from a place of hurt. It's mm -hmm. coming from a place of pain. So may God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and, and bring you peace. And I mean that from my, from my heart, I kind of feel like sending that back to them has a really, and, and that's my version. Cause again, I come from a Christian background and, and just sending that good intention and power. Our knee jerk is to go, yeah, you, I don't need this, right? Mm -hmm. Screw you. Just don't write to me ever again, which I've mm -hmm. had to say on a few occasions, cause the person is so broken that all they want to do is lash out. And I only have so much love I can share before I get, you know, I need to step away from my own health. But, um, what can we send magically? What can we send back to these senders so that it's not necessarily sending them back the goo they've sent us, but right. sending them something back down the telephone line, like Drano to clear it out and maybe make a better start for them. But that's exactly what you did. Right. I mean, so that to me is that is a return to sender. It doesn't always have to be. The thing is if someone is 
speaking to you or sending you, you know, hateful messages, emails, what have you, a lot of times the return to sender is just making them see what they're doing. It doesn't always have to come with anything extra. It doesn't have to come with the extra kick in the butt. Sometimes they need a little spice thrown at them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just need to see that they were being an ass. You know, it just, you were being a jerk and it was unnecessary and kill them with kindness. That is a return to sender. You know, it just, Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. So, you know, if if you're throwing a, a hex doesn't have to be something horrible happening to someone. It can mm-hmm. be, you know what? They're going to sneeze 20 times every time they get into their car and they're going to be real uncomfortable about it. You know, it doesn't have to be anything big, bad. This, these horrible things are going to happen. Um, again, intention. You wanted them to receive some some love and some prayers from people because clearly there was something going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. So that it is essentially the same thing. And it's all about your spin, um, what they have said or done to you and how you want to pay them back. You want to pay them back with kindness then and make them see how crappy they were? Absolutely. It, it doesn't always have to be, you know, they're, they're negative or negative, right. flat every day, which is a really good one. So <laughs> and, and that's inconveniences. And that's what I, I want to ask you on this. And I'm going to be open, right? I'm, I'm putting myself out there. I haven't talked about this with you in advance. People have always come to me, Dave, do you have something, anything I could do, anything I can wear to investigation? So I actually talked to my friends at Moxie Mollis, the mm-hmm. professional jewelers. We created different jewelry with these intentions. I've got the Paranormal 60 Protection and Energy Bracelets. We've got one with uh, Christian symbols of the Benedictine medals on them with mm-hmm. uh, opalite and... and um, uh, obsidian and we've got the ones without the religious medallions that have been replaced by hematite uh people ask me all the time do you really believe this works and i say i know there's power in 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 these stones and those are real stones are not plastic beads and and uh garbage but um it it, it works in as much as you're putting the intention that this is going to be my shield this is going to be my power these these stones have their own energy i'm asking them to work with me to create something bigger and better is is does that really work it does especially with the black stones because the black stones will absorb all of the negative energy so if i was going to try to remove something from someone that was a little beyond a smoke cleansing or a uh, cleansing bath, then I would do a candle sweep and I would take a black candle and I would sweep their body with it, the bottoms of their feet, the palms of their hands, the back of their neck, especially because that's where things will attach. Um, And it will absorb and remove negative energies. So absolutely 100%. And and stones carry energy too, whether Mm -hmm. it's protective energy or loving energy. Um, you know, that's why we, with crystals too, you know, people sleep with crystals under their bed by the nightstand, you have them in your pocket on an investigation. It, it all carries energy. And so I 100%, and especially with those bracelets that, that you're making, first of all, they're beautiful. I love them. Um, but at the black stones, if you're going into an investigation or you're going somewhere that there's some energies that, you know, you're a little concerned about. Absolutely. 
wear them and believe that, you know, the black stone will absorb negative energy. Just like black candles help remove negative energy. Yeah, and if, if you are interested in the different types of bracelets, you can go to my website at paranormal60.com at the paranormal60.com and click on the shop tab there. You'll find more information on them. And I promise, I don't mean that as an infomercial folks, but <laughs> sometimes we need, we need a physical tactile thing to help us. And, and that's what we try to create with these pieces mm -hmm. of jewelry. And I've, I can't tell you how many, I've, I, and it's interesting. I should have brought it up to Antonio uh, in the first segment. I've had people that are like, yeah, I love the bracelets and I've worn mine for over a year and I've, my grandson has grabbed it and yanked it. My dog's paws gotten in there and yanked it. Nothing happened. And then some people are like, man, I got to tell you, I went into this house to do an investigation. And as I was leaving, boom, it just hit the floor. I need another bracelet. And I hit up Moxie and, and Jessica. I'm like, are we using subpar strands? She goes, no, these things, it's just like the one you've got. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, why mine's like indestructible. What caused this thing to break? And it's interesting that Antonio brought, it took the hit. Yep. It took the hit. And that might've been that whatever was trying to attach at that last minute of leaving hit and that the stones did their job. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I can't say that that's what's happening, folks. Right. When people come, well, is this going to save my life? Is it gonna? I know. No. I don't know. You also, you know, you've got to have some belief behind what you're doing and, and how these things work, but we know that they do work. Crystals work folks. That's why they were used in radios because we know that they can transmit and transmute. Uh, remember to cleanse your protective stones regularly and charge them with intention. Thank you, Ashara. That's a great point as well. Yep. Um, and you, you could do that in a different, a couple of different ways, right? Salt water under Salt the sun. Water. Saltwater, moonlight. Uh, I have on my nightstand a selenite wand. It's a long, flat piece of selenite, and I will just set them on there, and they can charge on there as well. Um, yeah, salt, salt water, moon, light, moon water. So it's. I, I like the full moon, so it just really will absorb that energy. But you, you want to bring them in before it gets light out. Okay. I, I don't know that I got a straight answer, but from all the people that come to you, believing that they have hexes or curses on them. How many truly do? Um, a few, a few. Okay. And, and, but like I said, it, it's, it's jinxes, hexes, curses. Um, I personally have never seen anything like really, really, really bad. Um, sticky. Sure. Really, really bad. Mm -hmm. No. Um, but a lot of times too, is when you're, trying to remove something from someone they have to themselves. There's like, it's like homework. You have to, you know, one person can only do so much. You got to go home and you have to maintain your house cleansing, your cleansing baths, um, your protection work. Once you remove something to get rid of it, you need to stay protected because depending on the sender and what they've sent, it could try to keep coming back. You got to make sure it's once you get it off, you got to make sure it stays out and away and off. So, um, you know, well, candle magic alone won't always do it. Well, let's uh, I know you said you, if you want to work witchcraft, you want to work magic, you have to start little and work your way up. But how about you come back once in a while and maybe bring us like a good uh, wealth spell or uh, uh, just a general uh, emotional spell, something that that people can do at home to help protect themselves, bring themselves prosperity and abundance. Would you do that with us? Absolutely. I would love cool. to. I would All love right. To. We'll call it we'll call it our safe hacks 
with uh, Dave and Danny. Uh, she is one of the hosts of Ghosts and Hoes. How can people listen? What nights are you on? Where can they find you? Uh, we are every Monday. And I'm uh, sorry, no, it comes out every Wednesdays and anywhere you can find podcasts. We just record, we record on Mondays. I just came from the studio. So had Monday in my head. It drops every Wednesday, every week. And we are anywhere you can, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. I believe we're on iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. And they talk ghosts and paranormal and true crime and okay. occultism and all different types of things and answer questions. And they're funny as hell. And they're two intelligent women. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Check it out on Wednesdays uh, with the podcast. Again, check the link on today's program guide so you can follow them on their social medias and you can uh, check out their podcast. Danny, thank you so much for being thank here and, and doing this. With Always I a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, folks, I hope this gives you a little bit of a better concept that you can, in fact, take control of your life. It's easy right now to feel like a victim, to feel like the world is out to get us, because sometimes it sure feels that way, doesn't it? But isn't it good to know that you can take that power back, that there are things that you can do? Uh, you can get a book called The Evil Eye, The History, Mystery, and Magic of the Quiet Curse by Antonio Pagliarulo. That's a good start. Or you could listen to shows like Danny's with Ghost and Hose to get more insights and concepts on what to do for yourself. Listen, I hope that the darkness out there is just a little lighter with the information that we share on this show. And I can't tell you how much it means to me that you take me along on your journey because I hope that in the end, when all is said and done, the things that you've learned here will bring you peace. We'll be back tomorrow night and Wednesday with two special editions of the show as we honor the life of Lorraine Warren, right here on the Paranormal 60.